is Old Testament uh, and New Testament. Old Testament, we're going to look at uh, uh, Isaiah. You don't have to turn uh, there. We're just going to look at one verse there in Isaiah uh, chapter 59. And then New Testament in 1 uh, uh, Corinthians. No, 2 Corinthians. It's one of the letters that Paul wrote to the Corinthians. And so it's 2 Corinthians uh, chapter number 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 uh, is where we'll be uh, tonight. Uh, if you would pray, um, uh, we had made several uh, prayer requests this morning. And of course, uh, uh, we talked, uh, we had prayer in the prayer room uh, uh, tonight um, before church. And I haven't, I haven't really made this announcement in a while. Um, but just in case you, in case you didn't know that we do this, um, some of the men meet, uh, at six o'clock. So church is at six 30 and, uh, we meet at six o'clock, share some, share some prayer requests with one another and pray, uh, with one another. Uh, the ladies have done that in the past as well. Uh, the interest in that is kind of, um, waned. Uh, a little bit, and so, um, but ladies, if you are uh, interested in doing that, um, I know that there are several ladies, including Miss Pam, uh, who would love to, you know, m meet with you and um, sit and just share some per burdens and prayer requests. Now, I don't know how the ladies do it in the men's room. Uh, we, in the men's prayer room, um, <laughs> really bad. Um, we do not meet in the men's room. Um, we just meet right here in Dwayne's class and, uh, we share burdens and prayer requests, uh, together and then we each pray. Well, sometimes that kind of scares people away because they say, oh, I don't, it doesn't mean you have to pray. Okay. You can just share some burdens or you can sit in there or you can pray when you're comfortable, uh, when you want to pray. We don't want to ever make anybody feel, uh, uncomfortable. And, um, and I think that sometimes why some people don't um, don't do an usher or something like that because they're afraid that they might be called upon to pray publicly. Um, we it is never ever our intention, and uh, uh, never will be to embarrass you um, if you don't. want I've had several guys come to me and say, "Look, I, I want to, you know, I want to do this, but don't 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 call him." I, I, I remember Dylan telling me, he said, let me tell you something, I'll do whatever you ask me to do, but I am not getting in front of anybody for any reason. And uh, he was serious about that. And so, uh, so, and that's good. That's fine. And uh, we want you to be involved. And if you would like to come, it's at six o'clock uh, every Sunday night. And we go over there, share our birds and prayer requests with one another. But uh, do uh, said all that uh, to say this, uh, one that I haven't mentioned this morning, uh, Danny and Monica came this morning for Sunday school, and Monica um, couldn't even get out of the car. Her back is just, just completely almost out. Danny had to leave Sunday school, take and go and take her home, um, and I'm sure that's where they are tonight. She's just laid up with her back, and it's just really, really painful. And um, so she's going through 
she's going through it with her back and it's an ongoing struggle uh, that she's had with her back. And so if you would remember her uh, to the Lord in prayer and then uh, sign ups, sign up, sign ups. We've, so we had several people uh, get get on board and sign up for the um, uh, for the um, junior and teen uh, camp. And so thank you uh, for that. Uh, but if you have not got signed up for that, if you have a teen or a junior going to camp, make sure you get signed up. And then uh, for uh, the men's oyster roast uh, on um, uh, February 3rd, uh, make sure you get signed up for that because we're going to be order, ordering uh, the oysters and we want to make sure that we have enough. I don't eat oysters. Okay, we're having hot dogs too. And so um, if you sign up and you want hot dogs, you don't have to pay the oyster price. Okay, so obviously the oyster price is going to be more because oysters are considerably more expensive. And so uh, $20, I believe it is, for the oysters if you want to come and eat oysters, and then $5 if you want to come uh, and eat hot dogs. And I'm here to tell you, I don't know if you've been to the store lately but uh you you can't do nothing for five bucks and so uh and it's a great time of fellowship and uh we'll have a, a great time uh a great time together uh do you ever you ever you ever get the sticker shock you ever go into a restaurant like nowadays for sure and you sit down and you don't ask how much some something is and you sit down and you get the bill and you go no no no, no this is just for two people I don't want to pay for the whole restaurant. I just wanted to pray for two people. Um, funny story, we were, uh, we were at Disney uh, a million years ago, and uh, the kids were just tiny, tiny. And uh, we've always wanted to eat. You could eat in the castle. And uh, it's, a, it's a kind of like an exclusive thing, and it's just really cool. And, and uh, every time we ever try it, it's always booked. I mean, it's booked all the time. And one day we came, and we went early, and I asked, you know, I asked every time we went. And they said, yeah, we have an opening at 730. And I was like, I'll take it. And uh, we went throughout the rest of the park, and we were surprised the kids, and we took the kids, and we were, uh, our name got called, and, man, they had everything. You know, all the little kids got the little bippity boppity boop stuff and the boys got print stuff and you know all that kind of stuff they took pictures and we got about 15 minutes into this thing and wendy goes did you ask how much this was going to cost i said no what would i ask how much this was cost for if they told me how much it was going to cost i wouldn't have booked it are you kidding me we got the bill for that and you know it was uh it was outrageous and so um back then I can't even imagine what it is now. Uh, things have changed so much. So great time can be had with a bunch of good Christian godly men and for five bucks or for 20 bucks. You can't beat it, okay? So make sure you get signed up for that. We're going to have a great time together. Isaiah 59, let me read this, uh, uh, this, uh, this one verse to you uh, here out of, out of uh, Isaiah. And then we're going to go over to Second um, Corinthians chapter uh, number 12. Hey, Father, we love you. We do thank you for this time together, Lord. I pray that you would bless us as we look into your word. Uh, Holy Spirit, look into us and uh, change the things that need to be changed and make us more like our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Isaiah 59 and verse number 1. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. We're talking about, of course, the hand 
of God. The hand of God. The hand of God can reach to where you are. The hand of God can reach to where I am. And it is a giving hand. It's a hand uh, that uh, doesn't just take. It's a hand that gives. And we talked about this morning, it's a hand that gives salvation, salvation free, salvation full, salvation forever. And uh, Jesus Christ uh, is uh, a, a giving God and he gives us this salvation uh, full and free. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, begin reading with me in verse number 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 7. Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. So, Paul had a weakness. We don't know what that weakness is. It was some kind of infirmity. It was some kind of uh, more than likely a, uh, a physical infirmity. And uh, many theologians have come to the agreement that it was some kind of eye problem. He had some kind of eye disease or an eye problem. We don't know for sure what that is uh, or what it was, but he had this problem that, that vexed him, that bothered him um, um, uh, very much. And he asked the Lord, not once, not twice, but three times, he asked the Lord to take this affliction from him. Listen, this is one of the proof texts that you can go to to say that the prosperity gospel and all that stuff is just nothing but garbage. Because just because you're saved doesn't mean you're not going to have afflictions. Just because you're saved doesn't mean you're not going to have sickness. That's just not the case. Here's Paul who is, you know, one of the greatest statesmen, one of the greatest uh, outside of the Lord Jesus Christ preachers, uh, one of greatest certainly church planners uh, and, uh, and, and, and writers uh, of the New Testament era, of the New Testament times. And here he is, he's got an affliction, he's got a problem, it's bothered him enough to ask the Lord to take it away from him. And the Lord told him, no, not once. Not twice, but three times. He asked him three times. Now you think to yourself, maybe you don't think this way, but this is the way I think. It's not true, but sometimes it's the way we think. Man, if, if God's going to answer anybody's prayers, it's going to be Paul, right? I mean, if anybody, that's kind, of the, that's kind of the idea that we have in our head, like this person is, you know, He's, he's got God's ear more than this other person's got God's ear. But God is no respecter of persons, the scripture says. And the Bible says that you, that me, they, any of us, Hebrew says, can go boldly before 
the throne of grace, right? So we have the power uh, to pray and uh, pray for God's blessings and pray for God's healing and, and pray for... But should, let me tell you what God has the power to do. Say no. We don't like to hear that. Did you hear how silent it was in here? I could have dropped a, a pin on this rug and you could have heard it. I mean, we don't like no because we think to ourselves, well, if God really loved us, he wouldn't say no. Are you insane? Where do we get these things from? I mean, understand this. God says no. Get this. You ready? For our benefit. It's for our benefit. You know why? Because all I can think of is the right now. Because that's really all I know. I know a little bit about the past, right? Because I, I lived it, you know, or I read about it. Uh, I know a little bit about the past. Uh, I think I know a few things about the future. But really, the only thing we really know about the future is what God tells us about the future. And so all I know is the right now. So listen, I want to, I want to be fixed right now. I was telling this girl, this, this uh, little nurse uh, at the eye doctor, I said, I said, let me tell you a, 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 a human problem. I always, I always take the opportunity, especially when they ask me what you do. So I love the fact that every single place asks you your address, your phone number, and your, and your email. Before they even ask your occupation, your email. Well, my email is pastorspringer at windstream.net. be a little weird if you weren't a pastor to have your, I'm not saying it's not done, I'm just telling you it'd be a little bit weird. And they always think to themselves, pastor. And all of a sudden they talk to you different. You know, it's pretty funny. And so I always say, so, so, so you're a pastor? No, no, I'm a, you know, I'm a steel worker. I mean, what do you, yeah, yeah, no, I'm a pastor. Yes, I'm a pastor. And, uh, and we get to talk. I don't say that. I'm just kidding. Uh, I think that sometimes, but I don't say that. And we got to talking. And I said, let me tell you, let me tell you, you know, you know why we get discouraged? You know why we get um, upset? We were talking back and forth. This is the girl I told you. I think I told you this morning. She was like 13. I mean, you know. She, she looked like she was a little child and, uh, and sweet, as she, sweet as she could be, sitting there having a conversation with me. I said, let me tell you what our problem is. I said, you tell me if I'm wrong. I said, I've been studying human nature for a long time now. I said, tell me if I'm wrong. Saved or lost? Is it, we come through the door. We see the doctor. We came. We paid, right? We paid the doctor. We're paying for your wisdom. We're paying for your knowledge. We're paying for you to fix me now. I don't want to be fixed later. I don't want to be fixed in a week, in a month, in a year. I want to be fixed right now. Otherwise, what am I paying you for? Now, she's, she's smiling the whole time. And she says, man, did you nail it. Because people get discouraged. Because this, this vitreous hemorrhage, all this blood that's in this eye, is not dissipated at all. And I'm thinking to myself, are you kidding me? And she tells me in the office, I just wanted a bunker on the head. She tells me, she says, oh, she said, no, that, that, could, have, you know, that could take three to four months for that to dissipate back into your system. I said, three to four months? 
Are you insane? I don't have three or four months to wait. Isn't that human nature? That's human nature. We want it and we want it right now because all we can think about is right here. This. But God thinks about the whole picture. And he knows what's going to happen tomorrow and what's going to happen next week, next month, next year, the next decade. God knows all those things. And so sometimes he says, he says no because it's for your good. Sometimes he says yes because it's for your good. Sometimes he says wait because it's for your good. Because God wants what's best for your life. Do you ever do this? I was... I didn't get saved until I was an adult. But when I was a kid, I don't remember a lot of my childhood. My wife, my wife thinks I make it up. But I'm, I'm telling you, there's very little I remember from my childhood. And um, I don't know if there's a mental block there or if I blocked it out because I was so bad and I don't remember it. I don't want to remember it. Whatever it is, I don't remember a lot of my childhood. And, uh, but I remember this. I mean, I couldn't have been... It was less than the sixth grade because once I hit the sixth grade, we moved a lot from uh, uh, school to school to school uh, with my mom. And so before, before so it had been, it was before that. I remember sitting in school. We went to schools where I'm from. We went to central schools. If you ever heard of those, central schools are kindergarten through twelfth grade all in one school. I'd like. You ever heard of the private school? You ever heard of the private schools and they say, we had 30 in our graduating class? I was in a public school and I had like 30 or 40 in my, in my, in my graduating class. And so we went to these, these um, schools that you sat in the chair. Remember the, you sat in the chair and, the, and the, the desk was attached to it? And it came up like that and you could lift the, chair, the desk up and you can get up. It's kind of, that's, that's how I grew up. I mean, it, it said, and there was a girl. Man, there was a girl. I still remember today. She was two up and one over. How do I know that? Because I never paid attention to the teacher. I was always just right there, diagonal. She didn't even know who I was. Didn't know my name. Didn't know nothing. But man, I knew, I knew who she was. And I'd say this. God, if you'll just let me date this girl, I'll never ask for anything ever again. You ever said that? You ever, do, you ever do that saved? You say, God, if you'll just answer this prayer, that's all I, that's all I want until tomorrow, right? Until, until next week. If I, if I could just get, because we, all we can think of is the right now, is the right here. But sometimes God says no so that we can, so that we can, um, that we can be molded or we can be made into what we need to be made and molded into. Look what he says to, look what he says to Paul. He says in verse number, uh, verse number, eight, or verse number nine, and, and Jesus speaks here to Paul, and he said unto me, Paul said, and he said unto me, Jesus said, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Do you know what Paul said? Huh. Well, then most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, now listen, you talk about an oxymoron, you talk about some, you talk about opposites. 
Watch this. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. Anybody standing in line for the next set of infirmities in your life? I don't know of anybody. Something wrong with you if you're, you're, you're standing in line and going, oh my goodness, I hope everything in my life falls apart tomorrow. Woohoo! I'm so excited. Nobody, you know, nobody has a team, a football team, and say, listen to me, I hope that our team loses every game this year. I mean, I... I mean, I'll be so excited if we lose every game. I mean, I'll be so excited if I get the bubonic plague this year. I mean, I've, been, I've got everything else. I've never had the bubonic plague, and I'm really excited about it. Nobody talks like that, right? We don't take pleasures in our infirmities, but watch what Paul's saying. I, therefore, will take pleasure in my, uh, in my infirmities, uh, and in my reproaches, in necessities, in my persecutions, in my distresses, for Christ's sake. Watch this. Here's the whole reason. For when I am weak, then am I strong. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Do you know why? Because his strength is made perfect. God's strength is made perfect in Paul's weakness. When I'm weak, that's when God is strongest in my life. When you're weak, you ever thought about that? You ever think to yourself, you ever pray and ask God, boy, when this first happened to me, when something first happens to you and you pray and you say, okay, Lord, I learned whatever lesson you, have, you need me to learn. I'm ready for you to take this away now. And he doesn't. And then you pray again. And he doesn't. And then you pray again. And then you start to think, don't you? I don't know if you do, but you should. You start to think, okay, maybe I didn't learn the lesson I should learn. Maybe God's got this in my life. And by the way, he doesn't necessarily have whatever's going on in your life because you're a bad boy or a bad girl. That's so archaic. That's such an archaic thought. Job did nothing. And I'll tell you something, as bad as we have it, we ain't got it like Job. And Job didn't have, Job didn't do one thing. Do you realize, do you, do you think, do you ever thought, you ever think about the life of Joseph? Man, if something bad was going to happen, it's going to happen to Joseph. All Joseph did was take, take the coat of many colors that his father gave him. And man, it was all downhill from there. All he did was be a man of integrity and a man of character. All he did was the things that the Lord wanted him to do. And it was one bad thing after another after another. So let me tell you something. Bad things happen to good people. Period. And good things happen to bad people. You don't have to like it. And you don't have to understand it. It's just the facts. And sometimes the things that are happening to us in our lives, we bring on ourselves. Sometimes the things happen in our lives, God's allowing to happen to make us into what we need to be. Do you know what my, you know what my diabetologist told me? He found out I was a Christian. We have most of our, um, most of our talks 
uh, via Zoom. And uh, we sit down and, and uh, so once he found out that, you know, that I was a Christian, I was a pastor, man, we talk just, he's not, you know, he's not able a lot of times to openly talk about his Christianity, but he's an open, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a Christian. He's a worship leader in his church. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's, he, you know, he, he said this, let me tell you something, Joe, because boy, in the beginning, I was just discouraged. I mean, and sometimes I still do get it. And if you don't get discouraged, one of two things, you're not human or you're just a liar. We all get discouraged from time to time. The, pro- the, the problem is when we stay there, right? We got to get out of that discouragement. But he said, let me, tell you something. let me tell you something I figured out, Joe. He said, I figured out diabetes was part of my story. It's part of my story that God has for me. His son has diabetes, and that's how he got into all this diabetes and became a specialist. And, and, and it's part of your story. God's got whatever's going on in your life because it's part of your story. Do you believe Romans 8? You know, Romans 8, 29 says, God works all things together for good. Do you see that, that word A-L-L? It's, I call I call those words like all and but and the, I call them great big little words. They have huge meanings, but they're just little, just three tiny letters. You know what all encompasses? It encompasses everything. Right? It doesn't just encompass the good things. It just doesn't encompass the things you think they should encompass. It encompasses all things. All things work together. All the good things that have happened. All the difficult things that have happened. All the bad things that have happened in your life. God's working them out for your good. For your betterment. For the good and betterment of the people around you. You're able to help people that other people that didn't go through that aren't able to help or are able to relate to. And God's working all these things out because God's not only given us His salvation, but God has given us His strength. His grace is sufficient for whatever you're going through. Whatever you're facing, whatever hardships you're going through, you ever go through something Long enough where you just want to stick your head in the sand. Just leave me alone. Just want to be left alone. And I want to be left to my own devices. Just stop bothering me. I'm busy digging my grave. Ever felt that way? I mean, I just, 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 just leave me be. And people might leave you be, but let me tell you something. God will never leave you. Hebrews says, he's, the Bible says he'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you. He's right there. He's always a prayer away. He's always right there with us. And he is our ever-present help in our times of struggle, in our times of trouble, in our times that other people don't understand. Do you ever, do you ever, tell, you, you ever tell somebody, because I'm dealing with, on top of everything else, I'm dealing with this neuropathy. Now, if you've never had neuropathy, you have no idea. It's like somebody saying, I have migraines, and saying, oh, you have headaches? Uh, if you've never had migraines, you would never say it's a headache. It's like, it's like, it cracks me up, like with Wendy's Wee Ones. 
Oh, yeah. Is, is it time for Wendy to have her, her yard sale again? Yeah. It's just a wee bit bigger than that. Right? It's more than just headaches. It's, oh, oh, you have neuropathy? Oh, your feet hurt? Yeah, no. It's, it's bigger than that. And, but guess what? People don't have to understand. People don't have to know what you're going through. It's nice when they do, right? It's nice to have a, a, a shoulder to lay your head on. It's nice to have an ear to be able to talk to somebody. It's nice to have those kind of people in your life. But if you have nobody, you can encourage yourself in the Lord your God because he knows what you're going through. He knows your struggles. He knows your troubles. And he's there to pick you up. He's there to help you along. He's there to lead, your way, lead you along life's way. He's there to pick you up out of the mud and the muck and the mire of life and set your feet upon the solid rock. He gives us the strength that we need day by day in our everyday life. Strength for what? I thought about these three, these, these three things. Number one. He gives us the strength to stop. Ever thought about that? He gives us the strength to, to, to step. So, so we go to Proverbs, right, and we think to ourselves, okay, the steps of a good man, they're ordered by the Lord. But you know, the stops of a good man are also ordered by the Lord. Because God sometimes in His Word, He says, no, don't do that. No, don't go there. No, don't say that. And He helps us to stop. Have you ever went to say something and God put a watch upon your mouth and you didn't say it and you said, praise God. You know why you said that? Because there was a time probably where you didn't reach the stop and you blew through the stop. And you said something and you regretted it. And once you say it, you can't take it back. I mean, you can apologize. But once it's out, it's out forever, right? Once it's out, you can't, you can't, you can't get it back. You know, it's an amazing thing. Philip Yancey, if you know anything about Philip Yancey, great writer. And um, he said, he said, it's amazing. He said, a, a guy that was struggling with uh with um al- with alcohol he's he came to him and he was interviewing him he was talking to him and he said um yeah it's an interesting thing he said um when i go to the church and i'm late to church people you know cut their eyes at me and wonder if I'm going to be there, if I'm, if I'm going to show up, and why I'm late, and give me a dirty look. And he said, but when I show up to my AA meetings late, and I walk through the door, they jump out of their chairs. They run over and give me a hug and say, I'm so glad you made it. I'm so glad you didn't miss it. And I thought to myself, wow, a detriment to the church. I mean, what a detriment to the church. What we say does matter. How we act does matter. When somebody smiles at you and you cut your eyes and look at them like you wish you were dead. Well, I didn't mean to do that. Well, you did it anyways. That speaks, do you know, do you know a look speaks more volume than a, than a, than a word does? 
You've heard it, right? You've probably said it. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Let me tell you something. They do hurt. They hurt a lot. And boy, I'm telling you, people have been hurt time and time and time again because they've never learned that God will give you the strength to stop, not just step. And sometimes we just need to put the brakes on. Sometimes we just need to stop. Sometimes we just need to step back. If God has shut the door and locked the door, don't try to find something to pick the lock because God has put a stop in your life. He's given us the strength to stop. He's given us the strength to step. And then he's given us the strength. This is my favorite one, Ephesians chapter 6. He's given us the strength to stand. We are living in a week. Christianity society, weak. We fold and compromise to everything. I'm not talking about the world, what the world's doing. I'm talking about what the church is doing. I mean, we fold to everything. It's absolutely amazing. We are so worried about offending somebody else that we forget that God said, this in is where you stand. Do you remember Moses? When he stood without the camp? He drew a line in the sand. He said, who's on the Lord's side? Where are you going to stand? By the way, ask Korah. It wasn't a real good idea not to, not to stand with Moses and not to stand on God's side. I mean, the earth opened up and swallowed him whole. Can you imagine being there seeing that? Talking about convincing somebody. Elijah said, how long halt ye between two opinions? If God be God, then follow him. If Baal be God, well, then follow him. What are you doing? Stop straddling the fence. Stop compromising with the world. Joshua said, as for me and my house, hey, you do what you want to do. But as for me and my house, we're taking a stand. We're going to serve the Lord. This is what we're going to do. You know what we're so worried about? We're so worried about everybody else. Worried about what the church down the road is going to do. We're worried about what the Christian around the corner is going to do. And we're not worried about what we're going to do. We're so foldable. So foldable. You just have to keep up with the fads of the world. Just got to keep up with the, with the changing times. Do you know what they call preachers that, that stand for God's word and stand against the world? You know what they call them today? Black sheep. Black sheep. You just need to, you just, you just need to come around, you just need to come around with the rest of us. You just need to stand. Every once in a while, they'll have some kind of great big ecumenical movement. Well, they want to all hold hands and, as I like to say, sing kumbaya, you know, and everybody's, everybody's great. Just don't, just don't mention salvation because I believe salvation differently than you do. And don't mention this. And you start getting all these different denominations and some of them even cults together. They have all things different and things that are same. Things that are different are not the same, folks. You get them all together and you say, no, I, I, I can't be a part of that. 
black sheep. You're marked. Let me tell you something. I'd rather please God and displease every single man in this world than to, than to please every single man in this world and displease God. Because I want you to know something. One day I'm going to stand before God and I'm going to have to answer for this pulpit right here. I am. Not you. Me. I'm going to have to answer for this church. I'm going to have to answer for my church at Open Bible. I'm going to have to answer. And guess who? Guess what? I'm not going to stand before you. You're not going to stand before me. We're not judging one another. There is but one judge, and that judge is God. So if you please everybody down here, and let me tell you what a lot of preachers do. I mean, they fold their preaching according to who's in their congregation. And if the biggest giver in the congregation, well, if he's been married and divorced three times, well, we ain't going to preach against divorce. Or if, the, or if the, the biggest giver is fill in the blank, I just picked that one out of the air, but fill in the blank, then I ain't going to preach against that. Why? I don't want to upset, upset the apple cart. I want everything to, to be okay. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll compromise so that, our, so, that our, so that our money's okay. Let me tell you what we've forgotten. You know what we've forgotten? All this is God's. It's all His. And he's going to do what he sees fit, whether some rich person comes to our church or some rich person leaves our church. It would probably blow most of y'all's minds to think. I love, I love talking to people. I love talking to people that, that, that look at other people and say, man, it must be nice to have money. Must be nice to have money. You can't bear, listen, you can't hardly drive up in a new car. Well, it must be nice to have a new car. I can't afford a new car. Going on vacation, well, good night. I can't afford to go on. It must be nice to have money. Do you know, do you know even people with money say that? <laughs> and you'd be shocked at the people that actually had the money. You look at them and you think to yourself, oh, those poor people, those poor people, nothing. They could buy your house with $50 bills. I mean, they, they, they got plenty of money. You're fooled. But guess what? Every bit that's in their bank account and every bit that's in your bank account, everything that they own and everything that you own belongs to God anyways. It's all his. And let me tell you something. When we get that figured out, and when we get figured out that this body doesn't belong to us, it belongs to the Lord. When we get that this, this tongue doesn't belong to us, it belongs to the Lord. These feet don't belong to us, they belong to the Lord. He's going to do what He wants because He's working all these things together for good. Boy, in the end, He's got it figured out. I don't. I scratch my head every day. Every day I scratch my head. And wonder why somebody has to go through this. I scratch my head. You know one of the biggest things that I scratch my head? I wonder how in the world. This is something I struggle with. This is one something I struggle with. How in the world some person who's living off the government 
having babies and having more children so they can get more money from the government and neglecting the children that they have can have more children and a good, godly couple can't have a child. Don't, don't come and ask me because I ain't figured that one out yet. I'm still scratching my head. God's got that all figured out. I understand that. And I know God works all those things together for good. And that's where we got, that's where faith comes in. That's why God says that we walk by faith and not by sight. It's not what we see. And we look around and we think to ourselves, why in the world? Did you see, did you see, was it in Alabama where they, whatever you believe about the death penalty in Alabama, they still have the death penalty. And they put this person to death and did for all these crimes that he just did. And, and man, I'm telling you all over the news about, you know, they're doing this, I think it was nitrogen or something that they use, some kind of new way to, uh, uh, to ex- you can choose to, to be executed that way. And, 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 uh, and he, he must have suffered for two minutes and, and he did and then did but, but what about all the, the victims? What about all the, what about all the, what about, no matter what you believe, I'm not here to debate that. I'm just telling you, what, what about? I, I don't, and I scratch my head and I wonder, what do people think? Here's one of the conclusions I came to. You ready? Here it is. It's pretty simple. People don't think. What does God call us? He calls us the one of the dumbest animals on the planet. Doesn't he? Sheep. Did you know? Did you know this? Did you know that you can line up a group of sheep? This is amazing. I've seen it. You can line up a group of sheep. You can put a board down right here, and the first sheep will jump over that board. The second sheep will jump over that board. You can remove the board. The third sheep will jump in the same spot. No board there. They'll just jump. Why? Because the sheep in front of them jumped. And the feet and the sheep in front of him jumped. And they just just keep. Because you know what? Well, this has changed, so you know, let me tell you something. America's changed when it comes to when it comes to marriage. So the church has got to change. America's changed when it comes to this, so the church has got to change. We've got to follow the times. Where in the world do you find that in the Bible? I'd love to have a chapter and verse. You know what God says? Three times, Ephesians chapter 6, stand, stand, withstand. Stand against the wiles of the devil. Put on the whole armor of God. Be strong in the Lord and the power of God. Of your might. No. The power of his might. And we have his strength. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Heavenly Father, we love you. We do thank you for this time together. I pray that you would uh, just bless us this week as we go into the week and we face all the issues and problems and circumstances and enjoy the blessings and, and face the afflictions and, and uh, circumstances. I pray that you'd help us to keep our eyes focused 
and fixed upon you. We'll thank you for it. I pray that you bless us now as we go into the business meeting tonight. I pray, Lord, you should have uh, help everything to go decently in order, such a way that it would honor and glorify your good name. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We're going right into our uh, budget 